Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft, and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody, and Kimbu, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations, and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here around the writer's table. Hello, listeners. This is Kimby York. Welcome back to Around the Writer's Table podcast. We're getting started on episode 35. We're actually continuing uh, with the creativity quest a little bit. Uh, As usual, this is going to be a sister episode to the one we recorded uh, earlier which was episode 34 on verifying and testing. I suggest you go back and listen to that episode before listening to this episode where Gina talks about that. And she'll be giving a little bit of a review of that later on, but uh, we will be proceeding on that topic with Melody talking about how the seasons in her spirit medicine, uh, uh, paradigm fit into this um, specifically for writers. So looking forward to this conversation because we're going to get dig more into the nuts and bolts of it. And if you don't know, I am Kim B. York. I am a novelist and a productivity coach for authors. I love writing. I love talking about writing and I love other helping other authors write. I also run the 1 Million Words Club, which is a online membership community for writers focused on productivity and accountability in your writing. So that's something that's uh, I'm really enjoying. I launched that earlier this year and it's been great for me. I am, of course, joined by my wonderful co-hosts. We're going to start with Miss Gina, if you care to introduce yourself to those who might not be familiar with your wonderfulness. Hello, Kimbu, and hello, listeners. Glad to be here today. I'm Gina Hogan-Edwards, and I Absolutely love creating safe spaces for women to be themselves, to really lean into who they are, to find their voice, um, and to lean into their creativity as well. And I do that by hosting writing retreats, uh, primarily on the lovely Gulf Shore beaches of North Florida. And also, um, I'm a novelist myself. Historical fiction is my jam. And now I Pass the baton to our lovely Melody, who is the third writer. (laughs) Yay! Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for taking some precious time out of your day to join us again at Around the Writer's Table. I am Melody, a scout, and I help my clients find their sense of home by restoring balance and harmony to their lives through plant spirit medicine and my book, Soul of the Seasons, Creating Balance, Resilience, and Connection by Tapping the Wisdom of the Natural World, which is available online at most bookstores. And you can check out uh, my blog post at soul-of-the-seasons, oh, put another dash in there, dot com. <laughs> put a dash in between all those words. And I, I also do this through designing beauty and wonderful things as a landscape designer and a lifelong gardener. 
And we are back to talk about this subject. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have Gina do a little bit of an overview of verifying and testing as we talked about it in episode 34, so that then we can hand the mic, the the virtual microphone, because we're all wearing microphones, but the virtual microphone over to Melody to get into some of the, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it, the weeds of, (laughs) get into the weeds of, um, the whole subject on in regards to the seasons of writing. So Gina, if you'd like to catch us up a little bit. Sure. Thank you. So beginning back in episode 18, we started talking about the creativity quest and we are now, um, we've been discussing verifying and testing. This is a stage in the creative process when you are becoming more open about your creative life. You are really leaning into uh, showing the world what your values and your beliefs are and what the foundations of your creative life are going to be about. Uh, it's a place where the those who support us, those who understand us and get us and are our allies really show up. It's also a place where those who don't understand us or don't want to understand us begin to get filtered out. It's a stage where a lot of boundaries are needed because new tests are coming about in the form of of other people sometimes starting to judge us and and push our buttons and question why we're doing what we're doing because, you know, you're a writer and that's weird. And so it's really an outer um, wearing on our sleeve, this life as a creative person in a way that um, we may not have done up until now. And so um, as we have done in past episodes, I'm going to pass this off to Melody now so that she can tell us a little bit about uh, the paradigm and the, and the concepts that she's created in her book, Soul of the Seasons, and how that relates to the writing life and specifically to this stage of the creative process that we're calling verifying and testing. Thanks, Gina. Um, I just want to verify uh, that I love <laughs> weeds and... <laughs> Weeds are just plants that have not yet been sufficiently loved. Mm. Just FYI. I love that. All right. And we talked in about the verifying and testing part of the creativity cycle in our last podcast. So I would recommend that you pause and go back and listen to that episode first. And it'll help a lot of stuff we're talking about now make a lot more sense. So we're going to talk a little bit about how the season of spring and fall work in this particular um, aspect of the creativity cycle. But I want to go briefly over the five seasons of the writing process because we haven't done that for a while. And so to help you get oriented or reoriented on how the seasons affect the writing process. So right now I'm going to start with winter because we are in the middle of winter. You can't see us, Mm -hmm. but all of us are bundled up and it's cold out and it's about to get colder here. And winter is all about the season of rest and quiet. It is dark and cold. It's where things slow down, things come to rest, and things die away. In our writing process, it's also has it's the womb of creativity and gestation. It's where those little fertile seeds, those little story ideas, some ways we can um, work and make our work better, 
they come to rest and they fall into earth and they wait for the right moment in time to germinate and pop their heads above ground. So it's a great time when somebody says sleep on it. This is absolutely the time that you need to do this. I just wanted to verify that Gina as my editor was good at reminding me to take a break and rest after each stage of the grueling process of the revision uh, process. So thank you, Gina. You're so welcome. (laughs) Uh, During the next season, of course, Winter gives way to spring, and it's where those little story and seed ideas start popping. They show their heads above ground, and we. this is where first drafts happen. This is where our outlines take shape. This is a season of vision, planning, and boundaries. It's where we get a clear idea and uh, what our story is shaping into be, and then how we give it structure, where it's going to go, and how it'll land. Once we have that in the season of spring, which is uh, rapid growth, we get those first drafts popping, and it's like writing like the world's on fire and getting it out. Then we move into summer, and this is a season of maturation, um, this really, for me, has to do also with the verifying and testing because we we test our work uh, as it as it relates to our vision of our project during this time. There's a lot of growth. We got to keep an eye on things. What do we do next? We those planning and boundaries that came in spring are real helpful because it keeps us on track. But this is also the season of community passion love and play. And that keeps us motivated during this really grueling season where a lot is going on. And from summer, we move through into harvest, which is the season of reaping the rewards from all our hard work. It's about sustenance and doing the thing that feeds us in our work. And it's where uh, our drafts are often completed and we can feel full energetically uh, with the stuff we've created with our work. It's also time to celebrate. And this is a season that uh, can be frustrating for some um, because we feel like we haven't arrived. We haven't fully received all the abundance, uh, or we at least don't feel like we have. Gina was also really good at reminding me to celebrate between each step of the process. You know, I would be. That is so important. Oh my gosh, yeah, isn't it? Because really I would be, um, my go to is like, okay, next, you know, um, not giving myself a moment to really take in what I have created and to appreciate it and revel in its sweetness. And then from harvest, we move on to the season of fall. This is all a season of letting go. It's about valuing our work. It's also the season, what we call in five element medicine, sorting and separating. So this is where we go into uh, the editing and the revision stage a lot of times. We divide and keep what's of value from what's no longer needed or doesn't fit within our vision. 
Um, this may be a time you bring in beta readers, go to a critique group, or um, work with your editor, or sometimes all three. So that is the overview of all the seasons. Uh, I want to talk specifically a little bit about the season of spring, the vision uh, for our work, and the planning and the boundaries phases of the writing process, and how this relates to verifying and testing. Because once we have the vision for our work, then any planning and boundaries that need to come into play need to fit within that vision. This can be a really challenging time because if you're anything like me, I don't know if y'all can relate, but I have a lot of ideas popping. And even within a story project, once I start it, it spins off a whole lot more ideas. And I could be chasing, going down a lot of rabbit holes. And that's why... Well, I don't, I don't no, know what you're talking no, about. No, I no, have no idea. None of you... <laughs> Complete mystery. Like, oh, wow. What is this strange new world? None of you have about? any clue. All right. So this is just for <laughs> <No>. me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This is all about you, Melody. Only me. Uh, So this is where the planning and the and the boundaries come into play and setting, you know, setting up the rails for your project. You know, Mm -hmm. then the season of fall also for me factors into this uh, verifying and testing because this is the season. The revision process, editing process, beta readers is always about letting go of what no longer serves the vision or your story. And that can be challenging because sometimes Mm -hmm. those passages are our favorites. Very favorites. So, and we we can always rely on the season of spring we can rely on all the seasons to help us go through these challenging times so I would like to take a moment now and I would like to know Gina and Kimbu which season you feel most at ease with during the verifying and testing process and which one you find most challenging Gina hmm well, first of all, I want to I want to I want to remind ourselves and and the listeners that neither of these uh, examples, these paradigms that we're talking about, being the creativity quest and then the seasons, are a linear, neat, <laughs> organized Absolutely. process. Good reminder. Yeah, good reminder. In each one of the seasons, as you described them, I can see certain aspects of the verifying and testing. And so as far as, so the question was, which one I'm at most ease with? Which, uh, which of the verifying and testing? Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I would, it hmm. is tricky because there's certain aspects of each one that I really love. Like, you know, you're talking about in winter, how those ideas start um, making themselves evident, but they're sort of lying underneath the surface. 
Um, so I just, I love the, you know, the ideation, but I also love when it gets to the point in spring, when you get to give some structure to, to what you're doing. Um, so I would say kind of the winter and the spring are probably my, my two favorites is where we get to sort of generate those ideas and start seeing them come to the surface and then start molding them a little bit. Nice. And which is the most challenging do you find for yourself? Oh, deep. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> um, well, let's see here. How about the, um, it, it's got to be, you know, sharing the work, putting the work out there into the world, which I think is probably most evident maybe in the summer. Would that be right to say that? Um, I think summer does where you first start like really showing it. Um, I say we're looking at more harvest or fall when you start inviting people in. Yeah, well, that <laughs> that their part that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, that's <laughs> uncomfortable. It's like let me just create. Let me just let me just keep on writing. Let me just and sleep in my little cave, right? Writing cave. Right? <laughs> Yeah, I yep, yep. get my little writing shed set up in the backyard. Just close the door, <laughs> peek out exactly. every once in a while. Yeah, of course. Just do that. Why can't we? Ah, <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Kimbo? Uh, so I, I think as far as verifying and testing, the one the season that feels most comfortable to me is spring. Because like I just love coming up with ideas mm-hmm. and I love talking about them and I love sharing them and that's you know verifying and testing in that sense. Mm-hmm. The most challenging one is also fall for me, and uh, not because I have problems letting go of my work. As we've talked in the past in previous episodes, I'm really good about letting go of my work. Like I just like throw it out into the world. Um, here, read my blog post. Here, read my books. And uh, but the flip side of that is that I'm a little too good at letting go. Of it. <laughs> like I just I let it out in the world and then never look back. And uh, I don't build up. So let me let me see if I can. So the verifying and the testing part of this is that I don't find my readers, the readers for my work, because I'm not really looking for them. I'm not looking at them. Uh, I'm just throwing the work out there and hoping somebody picks it up off the ground. And so for me, it's like, it's, I'm not really harvesting. I'm not really planting. I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. And so when it comes to seeing the work as a successful entity outside of having written it and feeling proud of having written it, uh, finding the readers for it uh, is, is where I feel very challenged. Mm. So um, you know, when you're, and I'm looking at the notes that we have for this episode and you're just like dividing what's a value from what's not with beta readers and critique groups and editors. And like, I'm pretty good at mm-hmm. that, but then we get to the actual readers that the story was meant for, you know, am I listening to their validation? Am I listening to, am I, am I, you know, testing, I hate to say like, I don't want to make it sound like a marketing thing, but you know, am I listening to the fans of the work? Mm-hmm. Am I listening to the readers? 
and part of me doesn't want to. It's like, maybe they won't like it and I don't want to know. Mm. So it's just like, here, well, have it and just go on your merry way. <laughs> so I, I have a question for you. Don't hate me, okay? But I have a I question for you. I already do. I can tell. <laughs> all right. All right. Does well. any of that have to do with not wanting, and it, you sort of alluded to it, which is what made me think of it, since you're saying that you, you know, you put it out there, you don't really pay that much attention to what the readers think. You don't, you know, necessarily try to find them. Does that have to do not with you valuing your own work, but but having some underlying resistance to knowing how others value your work? Ooh. I have no idea what you're talking Ooh. about. Yeah. I, all I heard was womp, womp, womp. Well, it must have landed. Just a question. You don't have to answer it now. <laughs> Just consider. And also what I hear you saying is that when you finish something, you throw it out into the world. You don't think much more about it. You know, you don't concern yourself about whether you know, the readers are there or not, you just move on to the next thing. You're not giving yourself that moment of breath, that moment of rest, that moment of celebration mm -hmm. for what you've just mm -hmm. accomplished. That was what I was thinking too, as you were talking. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right on all of those counts. In fact, what's really stop interesting, it. I know, <laughs> just stop it. Um, I, what's really interesting, has been interesting for me over the last four or five months is I've been basically promoting my book, Become an Unstoppable Storyteller, which is about writing advice for other writers. It's not, it's a nonfiction book. It's a craft book. And it's very weird for me to be promoting it. Like, I'm just like, oh, is this what book promotion mm -hmm. feels like? Like talking about your book and mm -hmm. being interviewed Because you've about not done that with and, fiction. Because I've never done that with my fiction. Never, mm -hmm. never. It's just been like, here's a book. I hope you buy it. So looking at what, you know, what is the, what is how that relates to the verification and testing aspect of, you know, am I, am I scared of what they're going to say? Um, am I, you know, not writing for readers at all? Am I only writing for myself? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to sit with that, Gina, because that was an excellent question and I can't answer it, but I can compare the, the, the behavior I've had in the past about this with what I'm doing for the nonfiction book, Become an Unstoppable Storyteller, mm -hmm. because it's very different and it feels very weird. I'm like, okay, I already told you about this book. Why am I talking about it again? But, you know, that's what you have to do when you're marketing something. Just keep talking about it. Uh -huh. It's uh, very well, weird. <laughs> I totally get what you're saying, Kimbo, because I find myself challenged on those respects a lot. Like I would put things out to the world, never go back to them again never revisit them. I maybe wouldn't even talk about them again. Right. And well, why? They're, they're out there. What do you right. need to do? Like, it's like but <laughs> I, for myself, I was recognizing um, that that's somewhat to do with both the uh, valuing of my work. And because and, and in combination, I want to say with the summer, and community and sharing what you have the storyteller continuing to tell the story because you know in other cultures storytelling doesn't end by telling the story once mm -hmm. the story That's is so told and retold and retold and it continues to shape and have life and as you know 
uh, as I know, certainly, and experienced. You take what you take and what your work is and even what you intended for it and what was happening with you at the time of your writing may or may not have any relevance to what the reader receives from it. And, you know, good Mm -hmm. and bad. They could have this whole revelatory experience that shifted their life completely that had nothing to do with why you wrote it or what that was about for you. Mm-hmm. But God bless them if that's what it did for you. You know, it, 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 it takes, it becomes an entity. Your finished work becomes an in- entity that has a life of, it, of its own. And I have a real strong tendency to orphan my work. <laughs> yeah, cut it loose. Okay, you're on your own. Marketing is nurturing that along. If you feel, I mean, if you don't feel it's meant for the larger world, don't market it. You know, tell it to your friends or give it to your friends and be done with it. But if that's, you feel like what you have to offer can be beneficial to others, then that is the valuing of it and sharing it with your community. And I really have, I would say that's some of my challenged uh, seasons in it. Uh, for me, I love the spring. I love new story ideas when they pop. I love the first draft. And oh my God, I can write forever and ever. Um, oh yeah. And I would, and I even like some aspects of the season of fall. I actually enjoy critiquing and being critiqued. Um, so that part I kind of welcome. I, I like hearing how I maybe could shape and hone something better. I have to be in the right mood for it. I need to be aware of the mental and physical and emotional state I'm in when I am doing the critiquing and being critiqued. Uh, but I really do enjoy that aspect of it. I would say summer is very challenging for me because keeping going with the mature maturation process uh, it's kind of when you're in the trenches sort of a phase. Mm-hmm. Mm, you're getting true. into the second, third, fourth, 175th revisions. <laughs> you know, and your editor hands back your manuscript with a lot of red highlights in it. And, you know, you just got to go sit and have an adult beverage and put your feet up. For a while. By which, of course, we mean a hot cup of yeah. tea. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not me, but okay. Um, but it's also that's uh, how I, well, we're going to get to the second part of the question that I have for you is, so working with your clients, do you notice any patterns of which seasons are most challenging for your clients? And what have you offered for that? Kimbu? I would say um, summer is really that if if I were to put like a a sticker on the client, the writing clients, I I do work with small business owners sometimes, but specifically talking about my writing clients. And I, unlike Gina, I'm not a creativity coach in that sense. I am a productivity coach. I help people meet their word counts and their goals and, and that type of thing. But what I find with a lot of people is that they 
want to put their plan in. I'm looking at your notes right now. They're like plan, putting your plan into action, maturing your vision, second drafts, flashing out your storylines and characters, and the most important, staying true to the vision. Mm-hmm. So they they get wrapped up in the story. They get frustrated by elements of it. They um, make a plan, but they don't stick with it uh, because it's not right the right plan for them more often than not. And so this maturing aspect of it is very difficult for them and a lot of times it's because the the in the sense of the verification of the testing they the confidence isn't there and so they come to me to try to help them not necessarily build up the confidence but help them build the steps so they can get to their confidence and so i think that would have to be the biggest stumbling block that i deal with with mm-hmm. my clients as far as the productivity side, like what's preventing them from putting words on the mm-hmm. paper. And it's that they've hit these walls about what their vision is, having doubts, um, not listening to, you know, their editors or their better readers or their critique people, um, you know, and just kind of drawing down and drawing down and drawing down into themselves until they're not doing anything. So that would, that would be my answer to that question. Yeah, And you're really good at, Helping people see both the forest and the trees. Let me say that. Mm-hmm. You you really have an Thank art you. for that. And uh, I would concur with you on that. That the, um, And I think this was a detriment. It, I'd get a story idea. I'd get the first draft going. I'd have no idea of an ending. Might not have much an idea of the middle. <laughs> I was excited about the storyline. I didn't like to do the planning work of an outline. Um, It felt constrictive. What if my story doesn't go that way? You know, all the excuses. Mm -hmm. And, but Mm -hmm. now I so much appreciate the outlines and the vision. And when I get stuck in the weeds and that happens, it'll, if it doesn't happen to you, it's going to happen. To get into the weeds at any phase, like, oh, we focus on the vision. We focus on the reason you're writing this and the vision for your story. So I totally get that. Yeah, I have one client right now, before I hand it off to Gina to answer the question, it's just um, where they are, you know, they kind of had the vision of what the story, they want the story to become, and they got so um, unable to see the forest you know, they're so busy picking at the, trying to cut down the trees or whatever that, you know, they just kind of stopped writing. And it was just in the act of making them write and be accountable for writing something that got them back on the track. So that's definitely an issue. So didn't mean to derail us too long there. Oh, Sorry, that was on, on point. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gina. Mm-hmm. So the question is, uh, clients, what have they been most challenged with? Right. Yeah. And what, what can um, you offer? So I'm going to say knowing when they are ready to show their work and then preparing themselves to be ready to show <laughs> their work. Two so separate I think steps. That would, That's that would probably fall into the season of fall, right? Because mm. uh, beta readers, critique groups, editors, you know, those are all places where we show our yeah. work. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Um, you know, when I talk about being ready to, 
to get ready to show your work. We talked in the last episode a little bit about resilience and um, also about knowing who to trust. And Mm -hmm. so all of those things, I think, are really challenging for for clients to really know who can they show their, who has earned the right to see their work and who should they listen to and not listen to. And so the thing that I always suggest to them is, and in a way this relates to vision, but it's a little bit more precise in it, in that I suggest that they check for alignment or maybe misalignment between what they are receiving in terms of critique or feedback and what their original plans for the writing were and what their vision not only for the story itself, but um, for the way that they want to just present their work in general to the mm-hmm. world. And so making sure that that the suggestions that they do heed are in alignment with the values and the beliefs that they hold around their writing that are conveyed through their writing, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, and in alignment with what they the way they want to present themselves as a creative person in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and for myself, uh, when I work with clients and, and when I am having this discussion with writers and creative types a lot, I, I find there's um, breakdown a lot of times. They lose moment, momentum in summer. In the long mm-hmm. haul, yeah, and the yeah. maturation sure. process, and then they are disappointed and they give up. This is too hard. They have lost their vision. They've lost sight of their vision. Maybe they went down some rabbit hole. Maybe they ran out of steam because summer, not only it's about the maturation process, but it's also about remembering to have fun. Mm-hmm. To play, re- uh, call in your passion for your work again, and however that needs to be. And if we don't have that during that long process, we do burnout. That's where burnout comes in. And I think each season, uh, but that calls for us to verify and test in certain ways. Um, in winter, you know, just as in the in the natural world, a lot of seeds fall to the ground. Not all of those seeds sprout, and not all those sprouts develop into mature plants. And a recognition of that. Maybe you start out and you got really excited, but it just didn't fizzle in. You couldn't find a good vision for it. Um, it was a good exercise. You know, move on to something else that calls you. Allow your work to call you into what it wants, the passion and vision of it. And in spring, the vision is going to help you. I can't tell you how much reflecting back on your vision. It helps with the decision making. Once you hold up, do I need to add this whole chapter in about so-and-so? And this is a fascinating character. And like, I don't know, does it? hold up to your vision how does it compare to the vision of what you want to write about or the intention for your work 
does it? Good, include it. No, save it for another project or another storyline. You know, I'm going to jump in because one of the things that uh, before we wrap this up and, and just say one of the things that we've talked about with this verifying and testing that we seem to come back to a lot. And I just want to point out is holding on to the vision, mm-hmm. setting boundaries mm-hmm. about the vision, you know, referring to the vision, making sure that what you have in your mind is concrete enough and strong enough that as you move forward, whether it's through the initial act of writing or whether you're going into beta readers or whether you're like me, just throwing it out the window and hoping somebody reads it, um, having that vision is such an important part of the verification and and testing process, I think. At least that's my take on it, Gina. I don't know um, if that's part of your uh, whole creativity quest thing or not. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm sitting here nodding my head and just realizing too that um, you can't check for alignment with your vision and you can't tap back into that vision and you can't draw from that vision unless that vision is really clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so really it seems to me the first stage for all of us is to get really clear about what that vision is. Yeah. What's the vision not only for your specific work, which of course is important to be able to carry through and to not get bogged down in that messy middle that you were yeah. talking about, Melody, but also having a vision for what our creative life is going to look like because that's different for all of us and so being clear about what you want that to be so that when you do check for the alignment you've got something concrete to measure it against exactly because it will never come to full fruition if you are not clear on your vision you'll just be wandering around out in the wilderness for 40 years (laughs) um oh let's not go there (laughs) (laughs) uh but uh yeah so I think one of the most helpful things I can offer my clients is to go back through each of the seasons and ask, hold that up to your uh, vision or your particular stuck place Mm -hmm. and say, what do I need? Do I need more of this, what this season has to offer? Bring some of that in, see how that helps your writing process in harvest have you given yourself enough nourishment physical spiritual emotional intellectual you know have you fed yourself enough do you have the right uh support in helping you do the editing and the letting go process you know do you have the right amount of rest and going within time And that all feeds into it. Do you have enough community and laughter and play and passion in your Mm -hmm. life to help you get through the process? So that's a list of questions that I am going to put on uh, this podcast at the bottom. Yeah, we can include those. And that'll help people reflect back and, and see if, in verifying, and this is a process of verifying and testing. It's like, do I have enough of this? Does this feel balanced? Mm-hmm. Because the balance mm-hmm. and harmony, you know, though you may feel off in one of these points of the season or cycle, it throws all of it off. So mm-hmm. you want true. all, you know, balance in all seasons, and they are continually moving and cycling through. So... We have covered some great 
territory today. <laughs> and we've got more to go. Gina, would you give us a little bit of an insight on what we're going to be dealing with in the next episode when we move on with the creativity quest? So the next stage or guidepost in the creativity quest is integrating and dedicating. Um, and that is really when all of the masks come off. So we'll dive into that deep in the next episode. <laughs> That's a lead in Yay. right there. <laughs> so tune in next time, folks. <laughs> in the meantime, be sure and give us some thumbs up or some hearts or some likes on whatever uh, app you're listening to. Remember, you can also find all of our previous podcasts on our YouTube channel. And on our website, we have transcripts. We'll have the worksheets. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll be including the worksheet for um, verifying and testing again on this episode as well. And also a feedback form. So if you have any comments, if you have any suggestions, if you have any uh, questions, we would love to hear it. And we appreciate y'all coming here and hanging out with us and thinking about the big thoughts. So thank you so much, listeners. We appreciate it. Thank y'all. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us around the writer's table. Please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing info at aroundtheridertstable.com. Music provided with gracious permission by Langtree. A link to their music is on our homepage at aroundtheridertstable.com. Everyone here around the writer's table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time. <laughs>